They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally, that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. All right, here we go. Episode 15 of Inside the Mind of D. Scott. Uh, As always, first of all, thank you for listening. Uh, Like it, share it, subscribe to it, uh, follow it, uh, partridge and a pear tree to it. Whatever you got to do to it, do to it. Um, Been a minute, and I've been been wanting since the idea came in my head to start doing the podcast, uh, this this particular podcast. Uh, One of the people that I wanted to talk to was – a local legend, regardless of what he thinks about himself, a local legend, DJ Dredd, who, if you've been out and about in the capital region or sometimes outside of the capital region, because I know his, his reach is definitely outside of the 518, uh, there's a good chance he's made you dance. And if you weren't dancing, then you probably shouldn't have been there. So Dredd, I'm serious. Like, listen, first of all, Dredd, thank you so much for coming on the show. Or the, no. whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> oh, that was that was amazing. You like, Thank you, you for like having the intro? Me, <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. And listen, I've I've had the pleasure of working with you a few times in the club, uh, hosting for you, and and actually just being there, like when you and Jay Will were doing stuff up in Saratoga. Um, and I'm so like, and I'm not a dancer, man, but you, I can't like you're doing these quarantine mixes, and I'm like dancing in my living room and shit. It's weird. Alone. <laughs> alone <laughs> yeah that's everybody says alone i'm like oh boy <laughs> brings a whole new meaning to dance like no one's watching i mean that, that's because they, they aren't they aren't at all like no one is like <laughs> no, so wait a second you have to be careful with that though because then you know then a video pops up somewhere of someone catching you dancing in your living room man. living the- <laughs> man they got a video of me that means they were outside my window <laughs> you'll be surprised and then i'm i'm calling the cops that's what i'm doing i'm, I'm gonna Takashi six nine the hell out well, of that I'm, I, that's right I'm telling <laughs> on everybody i'm telling because you're stalking me watching me dance drunk in my living room you sons of <laughs> so first first of all how are you i mean how are you holding up i know we've chatted a little bit and uh the good news is is the day after we record this upstate or the capital region actually gets to start reopening, which is good. But uh, I know you're keeping busy for one, trying to do what you can like mixing and stuff like that. Uh, other than that, what, what else are you doing? Anything? Uh, since everything's gone more virtual, um, nothing really. It's, it's still the same. It's still the same, the same mindset. The only thing that really, really changed is I get to practice more. Um, when you're, when you're excessively busy, constantly traveling, constantly on the road, you know, you try and get to your studio and bang out an edit, a remix or something really quick. And hopefully you you can get it done before you got to get on another plane and go somewhere else. So the pause, so to speak in time for us as DJs has literally made you go, okay. And I don't know. I mean, I guess everything else, as far as life goes, is still the same, still doing Taekwondo, you know, still, you know, working out as much as I can, you know, everything is still the same. It's just the, the DJ part of it, obviously, for obvious reasons has changed, but it's made you focus more on your brand 
you know, um, you get to see yourself like D. Scott sees you, you know, like this is what you've been looking at because there's no, there's not very much I can post on social media to give people an insight on what I do as a DJ or my travels or day-to-day life. So you get to stop and go, oh, this is what they see. Um, okay, time to fix that, update okay. this, change that. So other than that, man, everything else is still pretty much. So now when, when you're doing, because I know you do, um, although you've, you've moved over on platforms because uh, the one that you were doing the lives on that shall remain nameless just so I don't get in trouble by somebody and lose all my <laughs> social media accounts. Um, but you move, you move platforms. Have you gone back? And I know, cause I know you were saving the videos and like posting the live videos that you were doing. Do you go back and like rewatch them kind of critique yourself? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, cause the, the beauty of going live in front of the vast internet is such a humbling thing to have because it you're, you're naked so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people get to see and hear your mistakes. Now you can hear it in a club sometimes when, you know, you accidentally hit the record or uh, I actually start to mix too soon before you start hosting again or stop hosting again, or, you know, they catch those fumbles once in a while. But when you're actually holding your hand in your phone and you can see the turntables and you can see the transitions happening in front of your face and the pitch is off, or this is all, it, it, it really, it makes you tighten it up because one, you don't want to embarrass yourself, right? But, but two, at the same time, you try and you want if if all right if you're real with yourself, you want this to be. You want people to critique you. That's why I, I like it because I I love the fact that you can't hide. Right. There's no blanket. There's not a room full of people, or you can't put your head down in a nightclub and just duck behind something. No, no, no. These people are holding their phone. There's not a bunch of you know, most of the speakers that are they're listening to are Bluetooth speakers and it's, the decibels are way low. So you can definitely hear, <laughs> you know, I've caught myself a few times where I go, what was that? Even when I go back and watch the videos, I'm going, really, really? Like you've done that mix a million times and really, come on, D. But yeah, yeah, you, I definitely do go back and listen to the mix. It's, it's good for you. You know, be your own worst critic and try and tighten up the, craft a little bit which is good it i mean that's that's refreshing to hear because i know there's a lot of people out there and it's it it kind of crosses over into pretty much any aspect or any profession is going back and be able to listen to yourself or go over your own work f- fix your mistakes realize your mistakes and then improve on them you know a lot of people i feel like a lot of people don't do that anymore which no. you know and especially in our in my field, D, especially in my field. A lot of guys can't handle, you have to have tough skin to be, if you want to, if you want to excel as a DJ, even yeah. as, 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 even as like yourself, even in the radio world, like, you know, y- you're, you should often go back and listen to, you know, your shows or if you're riding in your car, like people used to say to me all the time, you know, when I, we used to work together, do you listen to your mixes when they air on on, on the air? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I want to hear what D. Scott and I sound like. And if I couldn't have tightened up that, or tight, but a lot of people, you're right. Like you said, they won't go back. DJs won't because they're either their ego gets in the way of it or they're getting information, information from a biased source. So they don't feel that they have to face that. But when you start to change levels and you leave, say, so to speak, you that's the first thing I learned when I started DJing outside the capital region was, you are exposed to 
I don't want to call them the elites, but it's people who hold the, the keys and the doors open to bigger platforms. And those plat those people, man, they their words will cut you deep. Where you thought you were strong, they will literally look at you and say, "You need to fix that." And you're going, "Oh, I used to think that was good, man." I, <laughs> I, I you know, but no, yeah, you that critiquing is is vital. Is vital to becoming good, better at what you do. It is. And, and, and the thing is too, is, I mean, most people won't really like to admit, especially like with what I do, it's all what you, you do too, is all part of the entertainment business. Yeah. Um, thick skin is definitely needed. It's it, it, we don't need it, but we still need it in radio. Cause if, if we're all going for a job, I've gone up for jobs actually uh, when I started working here, I went up for a job against at least a dozen people that I knew. Yeah. Right. You know, and right. And there was, I mean, it was like, yo, I went for this. And I'm like, dude, it's nothing personal. Like, I right. I would expect you to. And, and the same goes, like, you would expect me to apply for a job, too. And then when you get through that process and you start having program directors or management tell you, fix this, do this, do it this way, you're just like, oh, okay. Like, I've never sat down for a critique session with a program director and took it personally because... Right. They're not saying the stuff that they're saying to be a, you know, just to be a jerk. Well, it's, I mean, maybe some PDs are. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's a story that Jay will can tell you. I'm not <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. That he, uh, that poor, uh, anyway, um, Jay will didn't do it to somebody. He had it done to him. That's, yeah, right. And it was like, yeah. he told, he told me that story and I was like, that's ah, bullshit. Like your boss is not <laughs> He's a, you're on his station. He's not supposed to cut you down and basically tell you you suck. That's He's supposed true. to tell you how to get better. Um, so if you're if you if you go into a critique session with a very very fragile ego, there's a good chance you're not going to come out feeling good about yourself after that. Well, there's, there's our our entertainment game period. You can't have a fragile ego. Right. You have to you have to be able to accept the criticism and use it to your advantage. Because if you can't flip it, you can't flip that criticism and make it work in your favor. Then you're never going to survive. Because there's right. always, always, always going to be someone to critique everything you do. Like, for instance, s switching genres, becoming more open format, was, it was that, that's when I took the biggest hit in the, the, the department of critique being critiqued from the, our peers out mm -hmm. there. You know, they, they look at you and immediately assume this is the way you're supposed to be. But wait a second. Come on, D. Scott. You used to play this kind of music. Why are you playing this music now? Right. No, 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 no. And and now, now once used to be your biggest fan are critiquing every little thing you do because you don't fit their box anymore. Right. So, yeah. So you got, man, <laughs> put the stamp, put the stamp on that damn tough skin talk because it's real. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, and I never understood as, you know, it, when you're growing as an artist or as a performer, someone that is, is in like creating as a creative whatever i don't even know what the fuck i'm trying to say but when you're trying to grow as whatever it is that you do like if you were a hip-hop dj and now you want to be more open format well i mean don't you think like you you have to the the move also has to be to grow professionally as it is because how many hip-hop clubs can you play right you know you can get hired as an open format dj and make everybody in the room happy Unless you play yeah. in techno house music, then you're not going to make me happy because I don't like that shit. But anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
they won't move, bro. This is this is not the market for it. I, I and that is yo, that is not to knock anybody that's done it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know Paulie as well as I do. And FIBA's always been an open format, but he does, you know, he he's got friends that do the techno house uh Kip, Tony. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I just I don't I'm I can't get into that music. Sorry. No, it's well, because it's it's literally one of those subgenres that you have to you have to have to have grown up really liking it because it evolves so much and there's so much of it and right. even if i and and being an open format dj you have to be able to sit down and and you know every tuesday i sit down in my studio and i go through music that's being sent to me from labels and artists and and what's new new bootlegs and i and you know being a part of club killers i get music from la and vegas and i'm bringing in all this music and that's the one genre of music where I'm like, it's not even any, there's not even any vocals on it, dude. Like, I can't, I mean, all right. Like, if you're shopping in Express, man, and that's what you hear, you start bopping to it. But, <laughs> but how long are you going to stay in Express before you're like, all right, all right, I'm done. I got to go. All right, yeah. I got to go. That's enough, enough, enough. But no, it's it's one of those subgenres, man, that just has to have a market for it. You have, it's one particular crowd that likes that. It's not like, oh, yeah, John and, in marketing also likes <laughs> he likes Eminem and Tech House and no 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 I'm sorry no no nah, nah. it's not it doesn't work that way I agree with you right there I do I do but but at the same time I understand where you need to know it and play it because there yeah. are going to be the people that are out that want that but then of course then you're gonna get somebody to come up to the booth and go play reggaeton can you yeah. play reggaeton Dude, you know what? You know what? It's funny to say that because now, even on the platform that I, I live stream to, now I get that. I'll be in a completely different genre of music, and you'll get someone in the chat. I'm like, how is this still happening right now? Like you hear that I'm playing, like I'll be playing reggae, and right. they will ask, "Yo, can you play Calvin Harris's?" Wait, what? Like, you want it now? Yeah. Like, dude, it doesn't even, where did you even get that song from? And, and, and dude, oh my God. I can't believe you just said that because that literally just happened. I'm like, okay, oh, uh, okay. I, I'm like, I'll get to it? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I just came from that music like 20 minutes ago. Where were right. you? Like, and I understand that they like that and that's their preference, but I, under, I never understood how that happens. Like, what makes you call that song out of nowhere? Like, <laughs> That doesn't even sound like a beat that I'm playing. Right. Like, you know, like, you, I mean, have you ever had that? You'd be in a car driving, you hear a song, like, oh, remember that song used to be like that? It sounds like that beat. That, Calvin Harris had nothing to do with the reggae track I was playing. <laughs> bro, bro, I was playing like Bougie Bata, like old school classic. Okay. Song. And, 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 I'm, and I looked, I'm going, why would this person ask for that? Okay. And what I think it might be is the mindset that you're in is you know it fits and where you need to be playing it. Yeah. The person that is listening probably doesn't think in the same, like, they just don't think. They don't go, okay, well, he's doing a reggae set right now. So asking for a Calvin Harris song doesn't make any sense. That They, they just went, I want to hear a Calvin Harris song. Yeah. They don't give a shit that it doesn't fit in with <laughs> Bantan. At all. They're just like, no, just stop this. I don't like reggae. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yes, Harris. yes. Now and I'm like, I don't like Calvin Harris. No, don't play him. 
Well, I, I mean, like well, the way I left, I, and you're right. I never, I really never looked at it that way. And that's a, that's a great perception to have is that they're wired differently when it comes to the way they hear music yep. because it, you know, there's a lot of components that go along with transitioning from one song to the next. I mean, BPM, which is the tempo of the music, the speed of the music is the first and foremost. I mean, yeah, if you can't mix the two together, if they're not remotely nearby, I mean, I could do a live transition, but that's, you know, it's still a lot of push and pull on the, on the records, but to actually, you know, go BPM, then mixing in key, which I'll blow people's mind with that. Mixing in key is a whole, harmonic mixing is a whole another discussion of how to be wired into music. A lot of people think that when a DJ says, especially a, a skilled DJ, a DJ knows what he's doing, they, they think that a DJ is just not doing it because they don't want to play that particular song. That's not the case. Right. Because if he's in a, if he has a vibe set in the room, for a certain type of music with a certain certain style and genre, and it's it got that that key, it's mixing in that key. Well, he can't just vacate that key because what whether you know it or not, it seems abrupt if he completely changes. Think of it. Uh, think. All right, here's an example, really quick. Think of the harmonic uh, chroma key as a clock. Twelve o'clock is obviously up like a twelve o'clock on a clock. Mm -hmm. If he's at, if he's mixing at 12A and you want a song that's at 6B, that's literally on the other side of the moon. You can hear that even if you've never mixed music together ever. Right. Let alone, let alone the tempos, the, I'm talking about the actual sound and God forbid, and a lot of people think that we just don't, we just completely ignore the fact that, well, well, I don't want to play their song. No, it just does not fit right, right. now it, at all. Like there's nothing I could do to make it fit. Doesn't even yeah. make sense. So yeah, I think as a as a person that doesn't understand DJing, if they're going in, they're they're that mindset is more like this guy's just kind of like a jukebox to me, and you they, which is unfortunate because I don't think a lot of people understand the skill and the in the in the practice and everything that goes into being a DJ. I can't do it, but I respect the hell out of all of you guys that do it well. Um. Not not so much the guys that can't do it well. I don't respect them. It's just, it's, it's uh, that's, that's that's another conversation too. Yeah, but no, I mean, and, and it's it, it's it's unfortunate. I think that a lot of people don't. And I've been around it just in just being out and hosting, you know, numerous nights at Sneaky yeah. Pete's or over at the big wherever the fuck I was. Uh, what was it called? Um, Skyline. That's it. Jesus, took me a minute to get there. Um, you know, and I see the way that people kind of look at the DJ. And and I've been there standing next to like DJ Crew and he just got done playing his reggaeton set. And it's like, when are you gonna play reggaeton? I'm like, what the where you been? What were you in the bathroom for the entire 20 minutes? Yep. Like, yep. like we yep. just got we just got done. Sorry, no, you gotta wait till later and a few more drinks. Yeah, that the, that part of the that part of it is that's a job in itself. And a lot of people they think that we're we're being assholes, you know, when we when you get to the DJ booth. But you, it's it's not easy managing. You want your bedside manner to be to be comfortable, you know. You want to be nice to people, but at the same time, you if the minute you open those floodgates, like you know, you're a host, you know this. You give one birthday shout out, yep, you got a parade coming. Yeah, 
Oh, yep. it's his birthday. It's that birthday. We're celebrating this. We're celebrating. Say his name on the mic. Say it now. No, say it now because he's ready. It's like, whoa, dude, I still have to do my job. Like, and, and, the, and, and you know, the, I've learned that the accessibility of the DJ changes the room immensely. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that you can't get to me at certain venues changes the way I DJ. Okay. Like, so for instance, uh, downtown Saratoga, when I'm spinning there, you, you know, I'm busy. It gets down there. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's really, really busy. So you can't, you really can't focus on your music. You have to, you have to almost put a routine together, mix from one song to the next, take a sip of your drink. And then you have to, <laughs> and then you have to, then you have to answer a question. Right. That's you literally go down the line like that. And you gotta you gotta literally set yourself up like that because if you don't do that, they're gonna catch you at the wrong time. And they love to wait till you have the headphones on when you're queuing up, getting ready to launch the next trend. It's like they wait for it. Like they're like, and then you won't wanna be mean to them. You're like, dude, I literally have my headphones are on. I like I, I don't know what to tell you. Like I can't I can't stop what I'm doing you know to hear that you want this song right now but if i turn to him and say leave me the fuck alone for a minute i'm right. the bad guy i'm the bad right. guy i'm wrong you know and and god and you, god bless you man i've been with you times where you've intercepted so much of that from the djs to to, to you know that buffer that buffer you don't you don't you have no idea all the years that i've known you you have no idea how much i used to thank you for that 10 seconds for me to be able to go, oh my God, thank you, D. Scott. Get away from him. Like, leave him alone. He needs a break too. <laughs> but that is a, that is, a, that, that part of the night is a huge, it's a huge part of the game that people, they overlook, you know, that the bedside manner of the DJ booth, sort of speak. Yeah, I, and it's almost, I mean, we, we've gotten to a point too where it's like people really don't give a shit about what you're doing or what I'm doing and they just want what they want and they want it now and that's they have no concern for what you're actually working but again not knowing what the person is doing behind the turntables yeah has a lot to do with that um and then and then drinking and all that and things just you know <laughs> they usually go left from there once they start feeling really good oh my oh, god yeah. I gotta hear this <laughs> song now <laughs> yeah. um, and it's you know, like that, now do it now it's my that, girlfriend's birthday uh, that's the that's the next t-shirt that needs to be made i want it now wow, <laughs> wow. Okay. play my song now <laughs> now We're, oh no that you know those are the you know, there is actually a list floating around the internet of things that djs get said to them by girls in the club um and and, and most of them are the number one is we're about to leave play it now we're about to leave, play it now. I'm like, wow, it's 10.15. You want to hear the hottest song on the scene right now. Like, right now? Like, right now, right now? Well, These guys under- not even here yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're, still, we're still warming up. Hold on. And, and you know what's crazy is I've never understood that, that theory, too, is why would I tell the person I'm leaving? Play my song. Yeah, why would I play your song? You're leaving. I say it all the time. Like, I try and educate them. Why, why would I do that? Right. You're about to, you just told me you're, we're going to go, and, and this is crazy. I've literally had girls tell me, we're about to go to another place. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, what? Right. And they're like, excuse the fact that it's only 1030 at night. 
Now, I don't know who told you to get here at 10, okay? But <laughs> I, um, I don't think the drink specials were that good that you need to be there right when the door is getting unlocked. Bartenders have barely, <laughs> the bartenders have barely set up their, their stations and you're already down here with your sachet. It's, it's her birthday and she's getting married. And, and now I, you need that song right now because that's your song now this is the crazy thing i said to a girl i said now let me let me guess you listen to the song while you're getting ready you listen to the song while you're driving here <laughs> you want to hear the song now and you're gonna listen to it when you get in the car to go home right and she goes kind of i was like oh my god <laughs> you can't you can't make this stuff up it's real like this uh, but, uh, you're but right. that better I, I mean in, in their defense i think you're right it's it's not a negative way of saying it, but it's ignorance. They don't know what actually is going on. You know, yeah, ignorance as in just not having a clue, not ignorance as in stupid. Like stupid. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's right. That's exactly what not, I mean. Not ignorance like Billy Joe down in Georgia who doesn't understand that the Civil <laughs> War is over. That's not that ignorant. That's 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 all. That's exactly it. That's that, a different ignorant than just not knowing what's going on. Um Let's let's take it back to God knows how many years ago. What got you into DJ? Ooh, um, all right. So I was in I was in Tampa, and I was actually going taking my run for the NFL. Man, I was trying out for NFL teams and trying to find a home. You know, practice squads and trying to find a uh, a position on somebody's team or somebody's roster, mm -hmm. and. You know, when you're in college, man, back, they, they we're talking 23 years, 22 years, excuse me, 22 years. Like back then, man, NCAA, when you were in college, they paid you, if you got a full ride, you got X amount of dollars a month and you, you couldn't work. You, mm -hmm. you're, you're a bonus baby. Um, you, you, you weren't allowed to work. So I had to find things to do. And, you know, DJing was you know, it was, it was something we did for fun. And now there was no Serato. Right. <laughs> so, right. so it was all, it was all crates and records. And, um, you know, so there was, I, so all I did was I was collecting music just because I'm like you, I'm a crate digger. Like I love music. I love having collecting music CDs. And that's when CDs started to really transition to be the CDJs started being the thing. But um, I, I, it was, it was more of a hobby thing that turned into a, I want to make some money. You know, yeah. I want to make some money, DJ some, you know, some hole in the walls. And believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> I actually ended up working for a strip club. Oh, okay. And, and, and you know what got me the job? And this is, this now, mind you, they, they, their type of DJ was what you think a strip club DJ was. <laughs> this is before I started working there. It's the guy, all right, coming to the stage. And, it, and he's got that voice, right? It's right. that that was the that was their that was their thing but th this place was in uh was in pinellas county was uh excuse me clearwater it was called um diamond dolls and it's it's a huge venue huge bro they had you know 40 50 girls working a night it's huge <laughs> so i i know i'm out of my league i know but i needed a job and, and i needed something to you know i was i was doing a personal to doing personal training in the morning at um, Lifestyle fi uh, Fitness, and the clients I had were just poop emoji. They just, <laughs> they pay this money, would never show up. And I'm like, come on, dude, I wanna train you. Let me right. help you. But the money, you know, the money was in, eh, I still had to pay 
the gym for using the office, blah, 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 blah. So I went and got this job and this guy's like, we need a fill-in for this night. And I, and I, I honestly was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm not, I, I am not, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't have that voice. Like, right. Like their, their voices are iconic. When you go in a strip club and it's that typical, all right, coming to the stage. I'm like, I don't do that, man. I don't do that. <laughs> That's not what I do. So I go in the night of, and it's, I'm obviously nervous. I, they allowed me to bring in techniques. Mm-hmm. So I brought in techniques and a Vestex. And this guy was using what you know is called a rack mount, which you put the CD in a little drive, close the door, and you press the buttons and fader yep. to fader, right? So he was using that. So they actually moved his equipment to the side. And the guy was like, he's going to talk for you. All I want you to do is mix. And I was like, okay, all right, I can do that. So I just started mixing. So what they start, this dude was pissed at me because it's going well. Right. So, okay. he, so he's, he's talking and the manager, the general manager came up with the idea of this is what we're going to do. We're going to put three girls up at a time. All I want you to do is mix and we'll say what their names are. And in between, you give them a, a buffer spot, right? A bed, give them a bed to talk. So that became the thing on Fridays and Saturdays. We had people coming to the strip club, not for girls, right. but just because it was the DJ was mixing. Mm-hmm. And there were, obviously, because there was women around, but women were coming. Girls were coming to the club. Nice. So they had, they had this sister club called Sweethearts down, the, down US 19. And the, the owner was like, listen, I need someone to beef up Sweethearts down the road. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's literally where I, I just started harnessing my skills there doing that. So I'm DJing every weekend, dude, making so much money, so much money. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous amount of money. Like, and, and, and every, of course, that's the, people think that, and it's exactly that. When you go to the grocery store and the girl's got to tip you out in ones. So here's, here's an analogy for you. I weigh tip out what go. It's either $10 or 10% if you made over a hundred dollars. And these girls were making bank. So I'm, I'm, yeah, so it's like eight, nine hundred dollars, but it's all in ones. <laughs> so it's all in ones, and I, I'm like, I, I got to go to the bank. They're like, what do you do for a living? Yeah, right. Now, mind you, I was in halfway de- decent shape. I have yeah. dreads, and and immediately the teller at the bank's like, yo, you're definitely stripping. <laughs> so I was like, oh god. Uh, like, no, 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 you got it all wrong. I'm the DJ at the strip club. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. That's, oh. that's where, I, that's, that's really where my regular DJing started was I got my shot before any real nightclub. I mean, it was a bar here and there and some um, beach places, but it, the, the actual DJing, DJing every single week was at a strip club. Nice. Hey, listen, that, you got to start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah it was, I don't know. I, 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 I'm still afraid to tell my mother. I haven't told her yet. <laughs> How it actually started <laughs> to her was a nightclub first. I, I, don't uh, <laughs> don't tell her to listen to this podcast, then. <laughs> probably not. I know. It. Sorry, mom. Sorry. If you probably not the your... best way to break the news. Yeah, yeah. So I used to I used to DJ at a strip club. Whatever. Yes, and, mom. And, and it definitely was not said in passing. Like that was a pretty decent story. So you can't like just kind of brush by that. Like that's not what I said. <laughs> don't don't ignore it like you didn't just say it. Like all of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Like, what do you mean? You, you talked for like 10 minutes about it. What do you mean you didn't do that? Oh, the story's out of that. The, the last episode that I had on, I had a buddy of mine who actually lives down uh, in like Ooh, the Clearwater clear area, which is kind of funny. And we, I went to high school with him, so we start telling stories about everything. And we're like, I'm um, interviewed. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Oh, it's fine. Life is, listen, man, life is life, you know? Dude, that's why I come to the radio station to do my thing, because I'm like, uh, it's uninterrupted. Like, nobody's going to mess with me here. There's nobody here. Well, well I have an on-air light. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Who did I put who that in? Was it a salesperson that interrupted you? They don't know. <laughs> I put that air, on-air light. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in an interview. Ah, I'm, we're all... doing, I'm talking to D. Scott. <laughs> But that's yeah, D. That's where that's where it all began, brother. That's nice. I mean, uh, they saw something. I, I mean, I tell you right now, that's being around that kind of element. You would think it's shady, shysty, but those guys, man, they're about their money, and they're mm-hmm. and they have they have an ear and eye for you know they got to find ways to reinvent and you know make things bigger than what they are, and, and that's that's a lot of where I learned. A lot of the stuff I, I take with me is out down in Florida. They, that's that market is different, man. <laughs> that market well, is different. The Tampa Clearwater area, just in general, is different. Um, I've spent some time down there, uh, and like I said, my buddy lives down there. And you know, you got certain areas that are you don't go to because you just yeah. you, you don't belong there. Um, yeah. But well, like, I used to go down to like where Shepherds is. Mm. Tier 60, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, we, just wave. Dude, I used to go down there with, like, my father. Like, <laughs> we, <laughs> well, oh, because, that, like, he, was, he had friends down there. He was going down to vacation. He's like, why don't you come down? I'm like, sure, let's do it. So we stayed at, like, the Econo Lodge right next to where Shepherds is. So we would just walk out around the fence and then go up to the Tiki Bar. We got there one day. They were doing – it was happy hour. We had no idea. They were doing two-for-one draft beers. <laughs> oh, God, no. And their draft beers are 24 ounces. <laughs> That's wicked. I'm like, what the hell is it? So $6. Like, it was like 6 bucks. Or, it was like $2 for the dra- whatever the hell it was. But it, I had three drinks while I was there, which was six drinks because they were two – you know, 24 ounce is – that's two drinks. Next thing you know, I'm hammered. And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> and we walk down the fucking, we walk down the beach to the Holiday Inn. That's like, God knows how far it actually is. Uh, it seemed like we got there pretty quick, though. And we're sitting at their outside bar. And my dad, the only bathroom they have is inside. My dad comes out and he goes, Hulk Hogan's here. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, you should go talk to him. I'm like, I shouldn't be talking to anybody, right? <laughs> So, and I went in and I saw, well, I had to go in because after drinking all that beer, I had to pee. So I went in and I saw, I saw Hulk Hogan sitting there and I come back out. My dad's like, did you talk to him? I'm like, no, I didn't go talk to the man. Like he, first of all, he was sitting down to dinner. Like he was eating with his family. He had like yeah. friends or family there. And I'm like, second of all, A, I'm not going to interrupt that because I'm not that guy. B, I'm drunk. <laughs> and he is a big, big man. I was like, I'm not trying to go over there and anger Hulk Hogan. <laughs> nope. So, yeah, that was – but then I, then I started doing the radio thing and got more into it, and then I really fell in love with 93.3 FLZ down there. 
Belzy. And all their, like, Memorial Day, Labor Day, any kind of party was always at Shepherd's. And they would do live broadcasts from, they had like a room upstairs at one point that they were doing the broadcast, but then they had DJs outside, a DJ in the club. It was like, I'm like, I got to work at this station. And I didn't get the job. No, that, that, that FLZ is the 93.3. I know a couple of DJs down there. They, it's, I know, you know, I try to explain it to people how, about how, how different the party scene is there. And I know it's mainly because of the weather. We all understand that because it's Florida. But at the same time, it's, it's not just the weather because there's places like New York City, for example. It's the pieces that on the chessboard that are actually doing the work. These, like, intricate, you were at Sneaky Pete's when Bill was there, when he was promoting. When Bill left the Capital Region and some of those other pieces that promoters, the big name promoters that were the thinkers, the ones that put the stuff together, mm-hmm. you know, put me with you. They knew what person's comp, you know, what voice complemented what music and what party theme would work best. Those people are in Florida everywhere, man. It's always happening. It's like someone's always drawing on the drawing board of drawing out what the next party is. Up here, up here, unfortunately, because of the weather um, and a lot because of, and the New York State Liquor Authority, they don't play that. They will take your <laughs> license. Um, for instance, like my boy keeps sending me flyers from down in Fort Lauderdale, uh, and it says, women drink free all night. Oh. I, I say, wait, what? What? <laughs> wait, what? How? All right. night. And it's it's real. It I ended up DJ, I ended up DJing at that place. And dude. You would think that someone would not make it through the night. Right. It shows at the end of the night when you're outside. <laughs> but oh, you're, it, just the thought process in that. But you can do a lot with that. But my point is that the people, like, you know, the pieces to the puzzle, you know, they, they make it happen. And we, we, we are now those people. That, right. You know, like you doing this podcast. And we are now these people. We're doing it with our, hand cuffed, our hands cuffed. But, um, but you're right. That market is... FLZ, ugh, FLZ is amazing, man. They're always doing something. Is Kid Lilo still there? Kid Lilo was still there? I think he is. Um, yeah. yeah I, if the, I know he's still DJing because I still get, like, uh, emails from him. I'm on a, I'm, I'm, I must be on some sort of email list. Or either that or, like, music director is a, APD list oh, thing. Okay. <laughs> so it's like free mixes, free mixes. And I'm like, I'm not the decision maker anymore, man. That's not me. Like, I don't, I don't get to do that, but I would appreciate oh. Like I'm like, we could use it, but at the same time, I'm like, I know DJs that we could just have do it. And <laughs> like, I, would, I would rather use, and it's not, and it's, it, it's literally nothing against Leo, but it's like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to do something like that here and I get the okay to do that, I'm going to reach out to the people I know to put yeah. them, to get them the, the notoriety in the area just to do it. Like, this is a name. And then I can also say it's a local DJ because you know how it is here. We get a lot of that. Well, you guys aren't the local guys. I'm just as local as everybody else is everywhere else at other companies. I'm actually longer. Like I'm older than they are and I've been on the radio longer than they have. And it's all here in the capital region. So if I'm going to do that, I'm going to use a DJ from the area that I can. I agree Um, with that. I agree with that. That's yeah. Keeping in the family, so to speak. Yeah, Try to. That's, uh, yeah, because it, that, there's not a, enough of that going on 
especially in the DJ game, bro, out here. It's, right. it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because, you know, a lot of the guys don't understand that the reason why you're not getting that shot is because you guys are trying to be one-man teams, and it doesn't work that way. You don't lift each other. You know, a lot of the DJs, even if, even if you don't per se, DJs don't like other DJs, a lot of the guys that we know, um, we will still, you know, we still try and open up a door if we can, you know, help a brother out, you know, once in a while. It's not, it's not horrible to say, all right, man, I don't even see this dude on a regular basis, but I'll still drop his name for, uh, you know, I, I do that. I do it all the time, actually. You know, I, people ask me about airtime with, with radio. I always mention you. I, you know, you want somebody, I tell you want somebody that has a great voice that can get your product across versus, you know, somebody that's going to put sweepers all over it just because that's where their strength is. Your right. voice is in your strength. So why wouldn't I tell them to go to you? I mean, you're my brother and I love you to death, but um, <laughs> what I mean is like other DJs that they don't, they don't lift each other. They have, they have this thing where they believe that if I lift him, I'm going to lose. Uh, uh, Element, DJ Element put it in a perfect scenario. Uh, he put it in the layman's terms for me. He said, it's crabs in a bucket. That's the thought okay. process nowadays. You know, mm -hmm. everybody's trying to pull everybody down. No one's pushing everybody up. Like, lift each other up. It'll work. You know, it, 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 the process works, bro. You know, if you're listening and you're a DJ and you think that that one-man warrior thing works, it does not. It yeah. does not. And, and that's the thing, too. It, it kills me. And I hear a lot of successful people say that, where it's like lifting somebody else up doesn't make you less successful and it doesn't lessen your product. It, you just, there's plenty to go around for everybody. That's right. So why would you not try to, because there's a good chance, especially depending on who you are, if you're in a, in a position of quote unquote power, well, somebody helped get you there. So what if they didn't take that shot on you? Or what if they didn't drop your name? And what if they didn't do that? Well, then why aren't you doing that for the next person or someone that's coming up and you know you see potential in their talent right. well, give this give this guy a shot you know maybe not the main roster but you know let him right. when the door let him when the door's open do his thing and let him you know cut his teeth well, that, be, that, that, that became a big part of that became a big part of my situation was when I started DJing at the other casinos outside of the capital region when I started going to New Orleans and um, the hard rock down south. And when I started going to these places, um, I had to start finding DJs to fill gaps here. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think some of these guys understood the opportunity I was giving them, um, you know, by being heard on a platform that you normally wouldn't hear from. So some of these guys were, their head would explode the minute they see my number come across their screen. Mm -hmm. and then And then they'll see me again and they'll say to me, why? Why, why don't I don't hit you up anymore? I said, man, I, I don't hire egos. You know, right. if you, I don't hire, I can't help your egos out, bro. It doesn't work that way. You know, I would never do that to an establishment, a venue that I like and that likes me. We have a great relationship. Who do I look like sending you, sending them an uh, egomaniac? You're the man, you're the star of the show. You're, come on, man, you're a part of the party. You know, be a part of the party. Do your job, have a good time you know, and build a relationship. No, these guys, man, some of these dudes that I don't know where they get. I don't know how bad you want. Hold up. I don't know how <laughs> raw and, and savage you want your podcast to go, but <laughs> man, the words that want to come out, I'm trying to be politically correct. I just, it's, that shit drives me nuts, you know? Um, and it goes both ends of the spectrum, dude. It's, it's also dudes who are, who have made it. 
quote unquote made it DJ wise. Um, I, I speak of these guys because that I'm, a, I'm all right. D I'm in a, what they call DJ purgatory. I'm okay. known, I'm known, but I'm, I'm not known. You understand what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm known, but when I go to a certain level, uh, being abroad and being out, it, you know, the, the people that know me start to scatter a little bit, but do you have some of these guys who are known by the community of DJs? They're known. Like you put a remix out and everyone has that remix. They're known. They, a lot of those dudes, unfortunately have this idea that they don't do the same thing that I do. For some reason, they think that you're not selecting music that does not belong to you and you're playing it for a crowd. So how are you treating that guy or that DJ like he's beneath you. Right. I know that, that bothers me. That, that, that whole concept bothers me because I believe that any DJ that's out there, you have to understand that we're all doing the same thing. Right. Yes, your, your platform might be prettier than mine, but that doesn't... Jazzy Jeff is, as you know, my all-time favorite DJ in the world. But I had to tell myself, yes, he's better than you, bro, but he's doing the same thing you are. You can <laughs> right. admire. You can admire his skills. Dread, he's doing the same thing you are, bro. Like you're, you're playing for a lot of people. What else is there to the game? Right. So why? What? What makes me try to stand up on a, a stage and go, "Oh, you guys suck. Oh, you guys are trash. Oh, nah, get out of here. You guys." I would never do that. But when I see other people do that, dude, it, it, that's biggest pet peeve on the planet. I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. You're doing the same thing. I can I can bring these guys to my studio right here and teach him a whole set. And he'll and he's, and I hate to say it, you might be better than him, but he's still doing the same thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then you kind of run into it no matter what what it is. I mean, I've seen the the, the ego is such a strange thing to me, just in general. Um, coming across, although with, with with the people that I've come in contact with, like you know, for radio, New York City is market one. Yeah, and I meet the people from New York City. Like I did an event with Elvis Duran. I did an event with Greg T from the Elvis Duran show. Um, I've interacted with some of the guys from the station down in New York City. All of them wicked cool. Uh, dude out of Dallas, Billy the Kid, who is one of my favorite jocks on the air. Super grounded, nice guy. Run into radio personalities in the same market and or smaller. And it was like they didn't have time to talk to me. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, we work in the same market doing the same thing. Why are you acting like because you are on a on a bigger station or have been doing it longer or have better ratings than I do, which has a lot to do with the size of your radio station? Why are you acting like you're better than me? Right. On a on a level that not talent wise, because I'll I will put my radio personality talents on the table with anybody and I feel like I can hold my own. That's right. When it comes to creativity or the you know all the behind the scenes shit that nobody really cares about outside of radio people i could come on the microphone every night and go <laughs> and as long as i play savage yeah, you're the man oh. rich they don't give a shit what i'm saying <laughs> no, no but the radio people care you no. know that when i listen to the radio i listen to what the people are saying and the music is secondary um so the, uh, but to, to the go back the ego is such a such a weird thing. And I never really got it. I mean, I almost get it at first when you start tasting the success because it's new and you're like, woohoo, look at me. And 
it usually takes a humbling experience or someone to ground you real or check you real quick because success is a success is a funny thing and not you know if you're depending on your definition of success it can go to your head and i could see where it would get to your head but eventually that's got to wear off like yeah you made oh, it it does it does so, you know so it does it, it does because you make it to the dj wise you make it to the you know every year i don't know if other djs is, but every year i come up with a venue bucket list and i write down five venues that i target and i go after it as hard as i possibly can i, I exhaust every outlet to get to each and every one of them i want to try get at least two out of the five for the year i want to try my hardest and some of these places i never thought i would get into and i actually get into them and you're right you 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 reach it and you're like, ah, right. <laughs> this is no different from any other club I've ever been to. Right. Like, you know, but, but you're, the humbling part is the part I, I like, you know, um, where I have a, she doesn't come around anymore. Um, I don't, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if she's passed or, or what, what the case may be, but she was, um, I don't want to use her name on air because I don't want to do that. Um, she was. <laughs> She was, she was a club goer and she would, she would follow me from venue to venue, venue to venue. And I'm like, who is this lady? So finally I get the, you know, I get the, um, I get the meet and greet. She wants to meet me. We're at, um, we were at Mohegan Sun. Okay. Um, and she said, I had, I just had to meet you, um, on one of my good days. You know, I, I have a disease and I can't remember exactly what the disease was, nor do I want to talk about this one. I just wanted to use an example of humbling. Mm -hmm. um, she said, I had to meet you because I've been following you for the past two years. Every venue you go to, if I can get to it, I use you as my exercise. Nice. She didn't drink, she didn't drink alcohol. She didn't do drugs. She was, she was sick. She lost 112 pounds and she, she credited to me. I go, no, don't credit me. You did that work. She's like, no. She's like, no, you were a part of my process. She's like, so you need to know that if you never see me again, something happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I knew what she was trying to say. She's like, I needed to tell you this before, you know, you know, I'm not able to tell you. Right. I was like, oh. I said, oh, so dude, when you hear someone tell you that, the impact you have on their life. I'm, I, I look at myself just a DJ, bro. Right. I don't, there's no, I don't, people think, I hope people that are listening to this, that are wondering this interview, this insight on DJ Dre, I hope they know it's never about ego. Never. I, I might seem, I'm passionate as hell. Don't get that twist. I'm a football player, man. What the hell do you expect? <laughs> like, it, <laughs> I'm passionate as hell. And I care about the process and blueprint of, nightlife and what I do immensely. Like I love what I do. So it might come across as I, I, I got a swag about it or hell yeah, I work my ass off to get to where I'm at. So I'm going to walk proud, but ego, nah. Cause what this lady told me was all I needed to know that sometimes you play a role that's bigger than just playing music. Yep. You know, you talking on the air to people at a time like this pandemic, Right. Yeah. Especially when all ears are at attention. I'll tell you right now, there's been times I've listened to you on the air and, and I've listened to your podcast and you hit home so hard without even knowing it. And it comes natural to you. 
Right. You don't, you don't, you don't know it, but you stay humble about it. You know, you, this is, that's just D Scott. You right. Know, I, I, I say it all the time, people, that's just D. That's the way he talks. Well, and the thing is, I've always, I've, I've said it for years, is there's a difference between cockiness and confidence. And yeah. having, having a confidence in what you do, especially in something that you do or that I do, or in any kind of, anything that circles around what we do professionally, you have to have a little bit of that confidence in you. And you, you, otherwise, you just, that's going to come across and you're going to sound, I'm going to, you know, on the radio, I'm going to sound timid. I'm going to sound scared, nervous. If you're a DJ and you're up in front of a crowd and you're timid, everything is going to get sloppy and the music is not going to be good and people are going to recognize it. Um, so, and it's not like, I'm not at the top of my game, but I'm probably as good as I can get. And I'm probably not going to leave Albany, which I'm fine with because my family is here. Mm -hmm. um, but I still try to improve. I try to come up with different things. And I like hearing the fact that like when you talk, first of all, I love listening to you talk about something that you're passionate about. Um, I did it with my buddy, Matt, and he did, he's, he's doing these hitting clinics from his garage now and he's doing them on Facebook live and Instagram and he played baseball collegiately. Uh, for those of you that are listening now that may not have listened in ep episode 14, you can listen to episode 14 with Matt Halleck and find out what he did collegiately. Um, Cause the kid was a hitting machine. Like his junior year of college hit 518. Yeah. Like he was like, he was like second and he played for Mount St. Mary. So he was division three, but he was like second in the country batting average and had an, uh, an on-base percentage for his college career in the 400, like 483 or something like that. So, so half, almost half of the time in his entire college career, he was on base. Mm, mm, mm. And it's baseball where we know yeah. that three, three out of 10 is good. Yeah. So, so, oh, yeah. Um, but listen, listening to him talk about hitting and he, he did his hitting clinic last week and he texted me and he goes, what did you think? And I'm like, dude, I like listening to you talk because you're passionate about hitting. You, you enjoy it and your knowledge comes through and your love of it comes through when you're talking. When I listen to you talk about DJing, that passion comes through because it's something that you love to do and you're passionate about, which is also why you grind the way you do. You put in the effort that you put in to do whatever it is that you want to do DJ wise. And even if it's not Jazzy, just Jazzy Jeff level, that's not your fault. He had Will Smith for Christ's sake. What <laughs> like seriously? Like he was Will Smith's DJ. You're on a podcast with D Scott. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Right? So Oh my God. But it's and that's and I think, I mean, regardless of where you've DJed, who you've DJed with, I think for me the respect comes from A, you're a hell of a DJ. B you enjoy doing it and you work at that craft. And I think the, the, the define, like people refining their skills really seems to have kind of faded away in the distance. Nobody wants to, now it's like mediocre is good enough. And those of us that are, are good at what we do, people are like, yeah, so what? I can do that. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. Like, well, yes. the, I'm going to touch on that, bro. That's a great, I'm glad you brought that point up because a lot of people don't understand, understand that that aspect of it right there. You know, a lot of people saying this person can do it and that person can do it. Okay. No, it's not, it's not that simple. It's not right. that simple. And the problem with being able to understand who can do it and who, and who can't do it is because most of the competitions that are happening in, in uh, certain markets are 
you're battling relationships. You're not in a battle with the other DJ. You're not. You're not. Who is that marketing director or that booking director, entertainment director or owner? Who is he already has a list of people he holds up here that goes, these are the DJs I believe that can do it. Mm -hmm. Now, if those 10 DJs are trash, well, what ends up happening is, is that these trash DJs get this beautiful venue. Now they're in this beautiful venue that all these people are going to. People end up supporting the venue, not the DJs. Right. They're going there because the party's there. Mm-hmm. The D, if the DJ's good, it's now to a, a point in nightlife where, oh, well, that DJ's pretty good. That's a bonus. Right. I'm, go, I'm going here because it's the, uh, I call it the cheers effect. That, like that show Cheers. Mm-hmm. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Yep. People are supporting venues more than they're supporting DJs. And then the venues, unfortunately, have gotten to the habit of, I don't need to support and lift this DJ. Why do I have to put his name in lights when the club is already packed? He's not bringing me any, any more people. My club is bringing people. He right. should be happy that he's here. This is why I did that rant that one time about DJs putting, putting effort and time into your, your worth. Make sure you know what you're worth. Make sure they know you know what you're worth. Do not take less. If he's going to ask you to be there every single week, ask for stuff. Ask for things that helps lift you so your value goes up when you leave there. Mm-hmm. If you sit in cruise control and allow every week, show up every week, be loyal, he's bringing all these people are, they, they barely know. You know, it, it drives me nuts that Kamikaze, if you guys don't know, I'm going to put his name on the mat finally. Kamikaze <laughs> is the Asian DJ. That's what they asked me who he is. <laughs> Who's the Asian DJ at 13? Who's the Asian DJ? At, at Gaffney's. I like him. Dude, find out. Do your research. Find out who his name is. He's not the Asian DJ. It's Kamikaze. And he's, he's dope at what he does. But, but that goes to show you right there that Dimitri at 13 put his name on the map. But for so long, other venues did not. You know, mm-hmm. people, don't, people don't know who DJ Real is. They don't, you know, they don't know who Element is. I, I got people telling me that white boy. Who, that's Element, man. Like, why don't you know his name? But it's not, it's not necessarily Element's fault. It's, it's the way that the system is now. People won't go to 215 because they don't like XYZ. Mm-hmm. People won't go to Pearl Street Pub because they don't like XYZ. But people will go there because they like this. At bartenders, my bartender, I can walk in. I don't even have to tell them. But that DJ sucks. I don't care my bartender's here. He's no different for a jukebox. So that's, that's unfortunately why the cream of the crop doesn't rise anymore. It doesn't because right. now it's, it's a venue thing. It, you know, that, I, I ask this question every day. Why don't we, even if we, even if we dump button everything we do at the club, why don't we have, uh, you know, D Scott streaming live? Like, why are you not right. broadcasting from Gaffney's? We're do, I'm doing, I'm DJing for 700 people and I don't have a D Scott. Right. Going, you know, Kiss FM, 102. Like, come on, dude. I miss those days, by the way. I miss those days. They were so fun. I mean, now, on on our end of it, I know why we're not doing it, because there's a lot of liability uh, for the station. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, yeah. it, it, it but yeah. back, back when we could, yeah. we were live for, like, 
doing like a, when I was at Sneaky's, we were live for the first hour that we were there. Hour. And, yeah. and it was, I mean, it was great. You know, it was, that's how I got to know Paulie Fever. And then, uh, yeah. but yeah. that was the, that was always fun because you said something earlier where it was like, you're in the middle of doing something and someone's coming up to you like, shout this person out, do this. Like, it's this person's yeah. birthday. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, I'm on a fucking radio right now. Can you leave me alone? <laughs> I am literally like mid-sentence, like mid-sentence, like blah, 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 talking about the club, talking about what's going on, who's who's the DJ, drink specials, the place is packed, come out. And, and then I got Billy standing in front of me. <laughs> Let me talk on the mic. And I'm looking at him. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I'm still talking. I'm like trying to do this on the radio without looking at this person and going, Fuck off. Because <laughs> why? Yeah, why? because we A, I can't do that because God forbid we play the bad guy role, especially in radio where we just want people to like us. B, I can't say fuck off on the radio because that's against the rules. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you hear me. Like I know you hear me because the speakers, I'm coming out of the speakers. <laughs> Please, at, please let just at 190 decibels. Yeah, like please, <laughs> please just let me do my job, and then it's like, and then I, or there were times where if I had an extended period where I would look at Paulie and go, "Look, I'm gonna go for a minute, just keep looping it," and I would go, "What's yeah. like on the on the mic? Just go, what? Okay. Who are you? What's going on? Like you know, real quick." And then go, "All right, shout out to Frankie and Billy and." you know schmucko the clown oh my god you know but you know i never i never looked at it like that either d i never i i, I you're right you know when you would go live and it'd be me paulie be in the booth and i, I never thought about it like that and those places that back then stinkies was mobbed man oh like, my god bang thursdays there was like 12 150 people there yeah, and, and he was he's up in the booth and i'm walking around like up by the bar like just oh, yeah. wandering. Hold on, that, that platform that you used to walk on, that platform you used to walk on, that used to be over the crowd. Was it? It was. Um, they, had, they had like a. Like, they had a stage there. Yeah, yeah, that's which, what it was. That's what it was. They had that, but I would be like up. I would because I would have to go over to the DJ booth to tell Paulie that I wanted to talk, and then it was yeah. kind of walk away. And I would, I wouldn't go like I wouldn't go out dance floor. I wouldn't get up on the stage when I was on the air. Um, I would kind of stay up by the main bar and kind of walk around that and yeah amazing to see how many people had no idea we were actually on the radio because i'd be walking around like doing that stuff and they're just looking at you like why is that man talking into a mic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, and they're like what what is he doing and i'm looking at them i'm like you can't hear me like it's like no your speakers no. like no. you can hear i'm coming out of those and so there was those were great, though. They were so much fun. And then after, when no, we were off the air, it was even worse. Well, you know, and I, I, that's what I mean, what I said, speaking on earlier, is that the pieces to the party puzzle have changed so much that, you know, they, people don't think that you can still do that anymore, and you can. This, there, there's, a lot of, there, there's a lot of talent in upstate New York, man. There really, really is. There's some talented people out here. And I, I believe that people are afraid to take shots up here. Mm -hmm. They are. They're afraid, so they're so afraid to take shots. And, and I get that there's rules and regulations and you can't do this and you can't do that, but you can't tell them. I, I, I tell every kid I coach, don't ever say the word can't around me. Don't tell me that you can't. You, 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 you can't tell me you can't when you haven't even tried. Where you say the words, I'm not allowed to. Well, why are you not allowed to? 
because this, this, and this. Okay, there it is. I have my answer. Can't means you haven't even tried. You, you, you haven't even tried. Right. And, and I, I have these discussions with, I kind of stopped though, because that's the next phase for me is I want to open up my own spot. Oh. And I really, I truly don't want to give all my ideas away. Um, you know, that it's kind of a, it's like you being able to know what DJs are, are good based on having the perspective you've always had throughout the years, you know, being on the sideline, like literally being in a coach's position, watching the plays happen. Mm-hmm. But that's the same way I feel with being a DJ is I'm working with all these owners and, and I'm literally writing down the do's and don'ts of this market, you know, right. what, what you should be doing. And I've, I've messed up a couple of times and I've given up some really good ideas to people who are making money off them still. Uh, you're welcome. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm at, I'm getting to that point now where um, it's, you know, either shit or get off the pot. You know, right. it's time for me to stop making other people all this money. I'm not going to stop DJing, but I am going to start targeting, opening the spot. I want a spot. I want, you know, I have, I have ideas of, of nice to get people to connect again. Um, and I don't think they have enough places like that. You know, everything now is like Vegas style. You got to go in there and it's just complete chaos from, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, it's, it's, it's time. That's where I, I feel I'm at in the game right now. It's, you know, I feel like LeBron in 98 after watching the last dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for I one, mean, uh, Jordan, my bad, LeBron. Jordan yeah, in 98. I knew what you meant. Um, but I, I, for one, it's refreshing to hear. And B, don't ever, don't, don't share your ideas. We've done that. And all of a sudden, they're like, give us some ideas so we can have, you know, and we'll, we'll bring the station in and we'll do this. And we give them ideas and then they don't go with the station. They just do our ideas. And I'm like, well, that was bullshit. I'm like, but can't. Fuck. So now, like, when we get approached, they're like, they want some ideas. I'm like, tell them to sign the paper. I'll give them all the ideas they want. But until they sign that piece oh, of paper that says that they're using us, I'm not doing it. That's a good I, idea. You know, very yeah, good idea. If you if you sign with us and you so you're signing the advertiser, you're signing on to bring the station there twice a month or whatever the case may be. I can't do that fucking four times a month thing anymore. I'm way too old for that shit. I'm so I'm like the hosting thing. I love doing it but it needs to be like three times a year because, <laughs> because for me, like when I think back, man, like when I was doing it Thursday nights, I was at Sneaky's and then Saturday nights I was at Skyline and in between on Friday I was on the air. So I'm like, so come Sunday, they're like, how come you got no voice? I'm like, what do you mean? How come I got no voice? I'm like, I'm talking the whole time. And as much as, people don't realize it you're screaming into that microphone because you just are (laughs) and it's and it's for two hours and it's when people ask me they're like what do you mean you're a host i'm like you know fat man scoop is they're like yeah i'm like i'm like the white version of him i'm I'm not nearly as fantastic i'm like i'm not not like (laughs) calling me to be on a record with her but that's what i do like that's, that, that's kind of what I do. And they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, well, two hours of that on a Thursday night and then two hours of that on a Saturday night plus drinking and on the radio come Sunday, Monday, they're like, you sound like shit. I'm like, it's your fault. I was working for you. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I tell people that all the time. Sundays. <laughs> don't look for me. It's, <laughs> yeah. Don't leave me alone. Don't, don't, don't look for me. And I messed, messed around and booked myself on some Sundays 
which I'm really upset. Coronavirus, you suck. Because um, I was supposed to be doing some uh, some Sundays over in San Diego and L.A. and not happy about that. And I can't now. Really, really sucks. Yeah, no, man. I know. That's uh, it's this whole this whole pandemic thing has me negatives and positives. Right. So you know, and I'm trying. I'm trying to trying to stay sane by focusing on the silver lining in in them all. You know, like um, rebranding. That was that was a huge thing. But then you know, you keep getting your your eye calendar keeps popping up with canceled, 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 rescheduled. I'm like. God, and these are good. These are good gigs too, man. Like really, really good gigs, man. Um, for instance, Skyloft wants to do wants to do something with some pretty big names, and oh, dude, I was so hyped. I was so ready. I was like, oh my god, uh, Belvin Devoe was one of them, Woo! and I was like, I had such a I had such a great time with them at at Vapor, and okay. I was doing their um, I was doing their promo video for um, when they're on tour. Yep. Uh, I was editing their promo video. So I was talking to their promo guy and he was like, yo, they can't wait to get back over there with you. And sure, sure enough, cancel, cancel, cancel. I want to cry. Dude, could you imagine a 90s night with poison? Up? <laughs> I, I saw <laughs> Bell Viv Devoe with Bobby Brown at the Palace. Uh, oh, my God. Last, it was last year. They did the R, what is it, R? Oh, that's right. R.M. Yes. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, R, B. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever the fuck it was. I can't. <laughs> whatever. I know, and, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Kid Capri, like Kid Capri was the opening DJ. Like he opened. And then they had some, some, some dude, Joe, I think it was, came out and sang a bunch of songs. And I'm like, I know who this guy is. And I remember one song, but your, your set's too long. I'm like, you should probably only done 10 minutes. But it was. <laughs> no, you should have did that one song we all know. Yeah, before. you should have <laughs> done one you song. Can't. And the remix, and it got off. <laughs> so you can't bring Big Pun back. So uh, nope. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna do there. I and mean, what Joe was had. Crazy, what was crazy was, uh, we sat. I got like we were in like the second row off. So you're looking at the stage at the Palace, off to the right, and they have like that one row that's got like one seat and two seats. We had it was me and my girlfriend sitting second row right there. So I'm not really paying attention to anything that's going on. But Belbit, the, the Ronnie Bobby. New edition minus Ralph and Johnny <laughs> come out on stage and they start doing their thing. And I turn around and I look at the palace. And at first I was like, there's not a lot of people here. And I'm kind of disappointed because there should be. I feel like that's a great venue for them to do a show like that. And I turned around about three songs into their set. And the place was mobbed. The entire <laughs> lower section was filled up in the balcony was completely filled. I'm like, where the fuck were all these people like 15 minutes ago? Where did they come from? And where were they hiding? <laughs> like, where, were they just out? Were they just outside waiting? And then, but man, that show was fantastic. And and is for is I mean, as messed up as Bobby Brown is, he did a hell of a job. I mean, his voice is oh, he's he's awesome. a he's an entertainer, man, for sure. I mean, I. Those, those old school shows were, that's, that's this market in a nutshell. Like yes. you could, you could kill it by doing old school shows around here. Cause even boys to men, when I was with them at, uh, at, uh, Vapor, mm -hmm. dude, you, you're, you're hundred percent right. I started my opening set playing some music, some you know, R&B tracks. 
I'm looking around, I'm like, man, these dudes are about to hit the stage. Where is everybody? Right. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have <laughs> said that. Oh, man. They were in the casino like, gambling. Yeah, oh, they definitely were. And they set their clocks right, because they went on stage at 8, and they set their clocks right at the right time, boy. And it, it was, I mean, they ran, <laughs> stampeded up to the, to the front. I'm like, oh, man, you got to scare these dudes away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, don't scare them away. I saw, I saw Boys to Men, they opened for MC Hammer back when they first, yeah, they first came out. The, the show was Hammer, Vanilla Ice, and Boys to Men. <laughs> I shit you not. Oh my God. Yes. And here's the funny thing. The the Vanilla Ice got such a bad rep for whatever reason when he was going through the 90s and everything like that. Not for nothing. To the Extreme was the only album he had that was good, except for Go Ninja Go. Um but people that I know, they were just they'd be like, You listen to Vanilla Ice. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, you listened to Vanilla Ice too. The difference is, <laughs> I'll admit it because I don't care. I liked it. It was good dance music. Like when we were 1990, 91, 92, when we danced and we were doing the Running Man and the Roger Rabbit and all that crazy shit, that was a, he made good music to dance to. I don't care about his weird hair and the false oh, they, stories they can or whatever. Front all they want, Dean. I know they're listening. You can front all you want. <laughs> you did a dance to Vanilla Ice. Yo, you still do a dance to Vanilla Ice. You, if it yes. comes on right now, you will do a dance. I, I will listen. I will put my I will put my hat down and I will do the step back and forth <laughs> and the spin. I, I still know it. I probably can't do it because I'm too old. My knees will blow out. Oh and I know it. my goodness. And it's like well, and the same thing when people go. Like this, like with Snow, I got back into Snow's music recently because uh, he came out with that song with uh, Bad Bunny, I think it was, the Konkama song. Konkama song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. they used his hook, and then they had him sing the hook, and then he does part of his verse from Informer. So I started like, I'm like, damn, I really, like I enjoyed his album, uh, 12 Inches of Snow. I got my youngest daughter listening to it. So now she's like singing the words to inform her. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, you know this? She's like, yeah, I like this stuff. But then uh, like he got, so he got a rap too, like where it was like, oh, he's just a white guy doing reggae. And I'm like, yeah, well, when you do some research on him and find out what part of Toronto he came from and the people that he hung out with, he's really more like Eminem than people realize. <laughs> you know? He oh, was, yeah. He was in oh, the yeah. ghettos in Toronto. Those he was around the dreads and the rastas that were that's how he got turned on to reggae. He wasn't just some white guy that saw a payday. Like look what I can do. Nah, he def- definitely definitely wasn't. He he definitely was with the yeah, he was with them boys, man. He was yeah. with them boys. They and they have a lot of love for him. A lot of people oh don't God, know that. Uh, the, the the Jamaicans have a lot of love for that dude. They have a lot of love for him. I saw he, some of the videos. He's, listen, man, he, he respected the culture. He wasn't a culture vulture. Right. Right. Um, I've seen a video of him doing a show with, when they were do they did the whole press run for the single Konkama, and they were bringing him out. And he was just like making appearances at shows with, I think it was Bad Bunny, right? Is he the one that did that song? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Daddy Yankee, maybe? I don't know. I don't, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was coming out in shows, and dude, there was like, you know, the venues are packed and they would go nuts for him 
and he was like the only white guy there. <laughs> and but they were and, and it, he's branded. They know who he yes. is, man. And and then he would do their song, like he'd do his version of that song. But then he would also do like Informer. Like mostly he would do it just Informer because I think that's really what people really really know from him. They're not you know you're not going to get a deep cut in from Snow. And everyone's gonna go, yeah, I love this. Here's my here's my new song. <laughs> no, no. But no That's not what yet, you just no. said with Joe. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. don't, be, don't be doing that stuff. You better stick to what I <laughs> you, you sing the stuff stick that to we what know. I know. That's yep. not what I know. <laughs> and it's crazy because I know Snow is he's still making music. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's and it's funny, man. Like yeah. I throw the album on in my car with my daughter, and uh she starts singing along and I'm looking at her, she's like I looked the words up on YouTube so I could learn it. And I'm oh. like, I, okay, thank you. I was like, it's that, it's that kind of party. Okay. Yes. And then she did the same thing with uh, Rap God from Eminem. She looked it up so she could learn the fast part of Eminem's, the, the Rap God. And I'm like, but she's smart. I mean, she's only 12 and she knows the words she can't say. I don't care if it's a song or not. Like, she's like, no, I know that I can't say. <laughs> this and this and this and she edits it but she's getting it like she was practicing that fast part and i'm looking at her i'm like daddy can't even do that like good for you that's that's (laughs) so um i know you got material or you got merchandise coming out and i want to give you a chance to uh to plug your stuff because i need to know where i can get it too because when i got the money i want i want at least a shirt Uh, or something yeah yeah that's i mean that's general the general idea um it's actually two different lines um the dreadhead icon tee that you're seeing right now the online a lot of it's just a my little dread guy with the mm-hmm. with the name underneath it um that's just that's just like your normal dj tee. the rest the other one is that's my dj line now that is coming out june 18th i believe it okay. takes a lot of the old old school hip-hop logos in some way or form, shape or form, it says that's my DJ. Um, it's going to be for men and women. Um, it's, I'm a big t-shirt and sneaker guy. I, I, you know, as we know, we're, I'm a sneaker head at heart, man. That's, I waste so much money on sneakers. <laughs> um, it's an addiction that I never thought I'd have, but I do. So the other thing was to add, I, well, cause you know how hard it is sometimes when you go buy a pair of sneakers, you like the sneakers a lot, but you're like, I have no t-shirts to wear with that. Yes. So that's where my idea came from. So I'm trying to take it more than it's a DJ line, but I'm trying to take it more to more than just a, a DJ T, so to speak. Um, you can get it at djdreadny.com. Um, it's in my store. Um, each every three weeks, I'm gonna load up a new, you know, item on there that you can get. Um, shirts are, 20, I believe, twenty dollars, twenty two with shipping. Um, but yeah, that's I mean. It, I just wanted to put out some kind of merch. I have tumblers too, man. If you, for all you uh, drinkers out there, whether it be iced tea or grandpa's cough syrup. Um, <laughs> iced tea uh, or Long Island too, iced man. tea, whatever kind of iced tea you drink. Um, it's, it's a big seller right now because of uh, being, having to stream online. So a lot of people are sending me snaps and screenshots of them sitting with me, casted to their TV while they're drinking out. So it's pretty cool to see. Um, people and it's it's kind of, i don't know man i'm the worst celebrity on the planet man if if i wasn't a black guy i'd be blushing like crazy when i see these damn things i'm like i'm 
to me, I'm no, I'm just dread, man. I'm me. I, these right. guys are like, no, I love you, man. I'm like, no, I, who am I? I ain't doing yeah. nothing. So, but, but they're telling me like, you know, they're telling me like they're, you know, they're buying my merchandise because, you know, they feel connected and I stream every week. And um, one kid from Texas, he's a gamer and he's on the platform I'm on. And then, and, uh, am I allowed to say the platform Twitch. Uh, that I'm on now? Um, yeah. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, I just don't want to talk about the other no. platform. <laughs> um, I, yeah, okay. Um, twi- uh, being on Twitch is more of a gamer platform and mm-hmm. I'm catching a lot of the younger audience and they use my music while they're gaming. So we're kind of getting this connection. This guy from Texas, who's a huge gamer, he has, he's been showing me the ropes of Twitch and he's like, I, I want to buy your merch because I feel connected. He's like, every week, dude, you're, you're, you're here and I know you're not getting paid because I don't have donation things up there and cash apps and people are yelling at me that I should, but I'm doing it because even if I wasn't streaming D, I would be doing it. And, and the guy was like, yeah, but you're doing it for like five hours. And I never noticed it until I looked at it after I got off of a stream. Yeah. Six and a half hours? Who the hell do I think I am? <laughs> I was like, dude, are you kidding me? And he was, he was right. But yeah, the merch, man, that's, he was like, it's a way for me, you know, I, I'm trying to support you. And so I think it's pretty cool, man. I, I really does. You can go on. I can get you a shirt. Get you a shirt. You got to send me a, 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 a selfie of you in the radio station with it, though. Hell yeah. Post it up. Yeah, dude, I'll send you pictures of myself everywhere with a dread. I want the dread shirt so I can be the white guy walking around with a dread look to look like a fool and have people just look at me weird. <laughs> Did I, you there? Because no. I, w- I was thinking about it, and I'm like, well, the <laughs> I didn't look at me weird when I tell them my name. And, and they're they no like, more? well, what's your DJ name? Dread. Yeah, because you'd be like, I used to have them. I can't pull that off. I can't be like, I used to have Dread. <laughs> Gone. Yeah, oh, I miss them. Oh. I'm like, for me, I'm like the kid in, uh, in Next Friday. <laughs> yeah, you can. That was, yeah, that was can. friends yeah, with yeah, Mike Epps that worked yeah. at, the, at the record store. The little, the little, the little white kid. I forgot his name. Oh, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, but he, the skater dude. Yeah, yes. he's dope though, man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he stole the pit bull, right? Yep. Yeah, he was he was feeding the pit bull baloney, and, <laughs> and then he ran he out. a pit bull. So yeah, he got a high. That. So, but all right. So let's. <laughs> Let's do the plugs. Uh, yeah, I need to go watch that. We're, we're, internet's getting weird, and, and, and someone's getting angry. The, the internet gods are getting angry at us. Um, every You're doing a, every Friday and Saturday. Yeah. You there? Actually, I've started doing Wednesday. Yeah, I'm here. Every, I've oh, started okay. doing uh, Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, Wednesday, I'm doing a kind of a lunch thing. Um, even if you can't catch it on Twitch, it's uh first I should tell you where twitch.tv forward slash DJ Dread NY. Um, it's the stream. Each stream has a name. Um, Friday nights is happy hour mixtape. Uh, Saturday is it's Saturday somewhere. And then Wednesdays are going to be Wusa Wednesdays. Nice. Um, so what I'm going to do what, what the beauty of Twitch is that you can leave these videos up. 
Mm-hmm. And if there's something, if there's copyright infringements of sort of speak about music or someone, Sony or someone complains, you can, they still leave it up. They just mute that song. And I mix enough where it's only muted for a second or two. So right. you can always go back and re-listen. Um, but that's, that's where I'm streaming. Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. 12, 12 to 3 on uh, Wednesday. And then for this, Friday and Saturday is more of a late night crowd. And you, <laughs> to you younger people out there that are going to go on here, there is a disclaimer in the chat room that I post <laughs> up to let you know that it's grown folks. And I don't want somebody's kid that's, you know, 10, 11, wanting to hear some dread, uh, reading the stuff that they say in the chat. I try and keep it to a minimum. I tell people that I do have younger, younger folks that come and like to follow me. So you got to be somewhat professional and clean about it. You can't be just complete debauchery. I mean, but then again, they're drinking, they're drinking moonshine, dude. Like moonshine is the, that's the drink. And yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the drink in my chat room. Like you come in there early on and the conversation's fine, but everybody starts getting twisted and the conversation's going to take. And you see, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, bro, that's where I'm, uh, that's where I'm streaming.